You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 62. I am Roshan, a.k.a. Roro, and I am joined by Dan the Halo Man, Daniel Prindle. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing great after that fantastic intro where we had no <laughs> problems whatsoever, audio no, listeners. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Those who are watching live and didn't see the problems, right? Nothing, nothing happened. No. Yet. no, no. <laughs> Thank you for watching live and participating in the chat. We record live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Just search up podcast PXN on YouTube and you will find us. Topic of the show today is Capcom's massive leak. But first, we start off the show with the PXN news of the week. And today, we're starting off with some kind of sad news. The scalpers... Have, that have been plaguing us over in the U.S. for the release of the PS5 and the Xbox One have done it again in the U.K. The first story it comes from GameStop. Scalper Seg, thousands of PS5s at U.K. launch. It reads, the PlayStation 5 launched in the U.K. and Europe on November 19th and quickly succumbed to the same stock shortages that plagued the U.S. launch week earlier. If you're having a hard time finding Sony's next-gen consoles, it turns out scalpers may be partly to blame for the current shortage or maybe a huge part to blame. Uh, That's according to a report from Business Insider, which claims that one organized scalper group called Crep Chief Notify snapped 3,500 PS5s in the UK. The group boasts thousands of paying members with subscriptions starting at €29.99 and rising to 399 euros, which is a huge, that's a big margin, subscribing to the group, uh, sorry, subscribing to the group grants members access to various bots, allowing them to join in in, on the scalping and make profit on their investment. So holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) They, They grabbed a lot of PS5s from people who obviously were trying to get them. And are selling them at double the price, triple the price on eBay and all those places. Um, as of writing this article, they say there are over 3,800 3, PS5 listings on eBay, most of them being sold for double the asking price. So I wanted to tie this in with another story um, yeah. that uh, the, the Sony presidents are are what not the president is it the president jim ryan jim ryan yeah uh, uh, yeah so he is yeah so he recently came out and said that everything has been sold absolutely everything has been sold this is a quote absolutely everything is sold he said i've spent much of this of last year trying to make sure we can generate enough demand for the product and now in terms of executive bandwidth i'm spending a lot more time on trying to increase supply that to meet demands we're still waiting Oh, this is not him anymore. This is the article. We're still waiting on a press release on PS5's initial sales numbers, but it looks like the company sold every single console it can manufacture. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> with all that said, it's going to be a long time, it seems, until um, people who haven't gotten a PS5 will be able to get one unless they're faster than these bots, these scalpers. It's going to be a while. It's going to be like last last week we talked about this a little bit about how soon do we think we're going to be seeing these uh, or it's going to be easier to be able to pick up a PS5. It's going, it seems like it's still going to be a long time. What do you think about these two stories, uh, yeah. the scalpers and not being able to everything's being sold, apparently. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks. I've 
freaking scalpers are just ugh, <laughs> gross. Uh, and I actually saw a bunch of uh, articles talking about how like these uh, bots were like originally made for like shoe uh, sales, <laughs> like for new shoes that are exclusive or whatever. And now they've applied those bots to the next gen consoles, which if you're out there trying to get a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X right now, it you can tell obviously that there's bots because like you can't even check out like you you get one in your cart you can't even check out i've been actually trying to uh help a coworker uh get one for his grandson and i can't even get that it, it's, it's impossible right now because of the the bots they just take them up right away and it's it's insane and it sucks um yeah. but yeah, it, it's not surprising for Sony to say that they're out of stock because obviously they're so selling every single piece of hardware because all the scalpers are picking them up and all the people are p picking them up as soon as they can. And I think also I saw that the PS5 is the biggest uh, launch for any console ever, um, oh, wow. which is not surprising either. That's I mean, it's obviously extremely popular and they, <laughs> they manufactured the crap out of them. Um, and, uh, Xbox, I think we talked about last week, it had its biggest, uh, Xbox launch of all time. And this week we're seeing with Sony biggest launch in general of all time, which is just insane. Um, so yeah, very interesting. And actually the, the reason Sony had so many, uh, consoles as well, Phil Spencer commented about this, that. Uh, they had to wait. Phil Spencer had to wait until much later than uh, Sony uh, started manufacturing new consoles because they had to wait for the new RDNA 2 technology to come out because they wanted that to be incorporated in their console, and uh, Sony decided uh -huh. not to incorporate that. So that, that's a little deeper, but... <laughs> Got a little bit of a head start, it seems. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I... I mean, I don't expect the scalpers to stop anytime soon, but if you guys, if scalpers are out there watching and bots are somehow listening, tuning in, using their mainframe or whatever thing to, to, to listen in, stop it, please. We're begging you. Stop. For someone who hasn't picked one up yet, who wants to pick one up before 2022, yeah. please stop it. Please. But um, yeah, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I predict, I, I think, we, like, you, like we were saying, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I said maybe. March or April is when this will be easier to pick up. And now I'm, I'm, I don't think like we're going to reach summer of next year and we're not going to be able to easily pick this up. But a part of me is kind of worried. So like maybe it will take a while for this to settle down uh, even longer than that. But hopefully not. Um, yeah. On to our next story. Some more PS5 news. A little bit happier than what we just started. <laughs> uh, new PS5 VR headset. So we, there were a lot of rumors saying that they might not do another PS VR headset because of uh, how they are incorporating it with PS5 and how there wasn't one at launch and just a lot of different rumors. But over at Push or not Push, where Games Radar, sorry, uh, they're saying another PS VR patent points towards a new PS5 related headset. And what's really cool about this is that it incorporates haptic feedback. So everybody's been talking about how great the dual sense is. Imagine a PS5. PSVR that incorporates haptic feedback, like being able to feel, I guess, the rubble hit your face or <laughs> the wind if you're falling off of a skyscraper or something. Just that next level of VR and in uh, 
in that space. It'll be so cool to feel that technology on your face or just be more um, involved in the experience. So I don't know if you heard about this, but this is super cool technology, I think. And I really hope that this is true. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the, the whole haptic feedback, that'll definitely make it a more immersive experience with the VR headset on. Uh, it'll kind of make it feel a little bit more real. And uh, it, this does make sense because also we know that the PlayStation 4 VR headset, uh, they've already said it's compatible with PS5, but it will only work on PS4 VR games. So anyone who wants to make a PS5 VR game, they can't until this comes out so um yeah it is very interesting um i am kind of uh like obviously this the stuff that they're going to have in this new headset and there's rumors that there might be a wireless option like uh not have to connect wires and all of that and whether that means like a quest or whatever i don't know but um i think it is kind of interesting that they are kind of leaving behind the base that they've already built up from ps4 uh, VR, um, because VR, we already know VR isn't a big, uh, a big environment. There's not a lot of people in it that have VR. So I don't know how quickly this could take off. It could take off quickly. It depends on price, I think. But, uh, yeah, this, the new technology in this looks super awesome though. Yeah, definitely. And I, I agree. This may be, uh, it's probably definitely an early development. I don't think we're seeing uh, the PS5 VR headset anytime soon, especially with how hard it is to even get the freaking console in, in general. Yeah. So we kind of need that first before we get the, the VR headset. But mm-hmm. I'm very excited with this news. And obviously, um, like you said, with the immersion of the haptic feedback, even just taking this to the next level, I'm super excited for that kind of technology. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that. And the next story I'm also very excited for, Microsoft hints at an Xbox TV app. This comes from The Verge. Microsoft is in the early phases of rolling out its its (laughs) xCloud streaming service on mobile devices. But TVs are the next logical step. In an interview with The Verge, Xbox chief Phil Spencer has revealed we'll likely see an Xbox app appear on smart TVs over the next year. He says, I think you're going to see that in the next 12 months. Um, I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that, which is great news. Um, Microsoft was previously working on a lightweight Xbox streaming device back in 2016, but it canceled the hardware. Microsoft has been testing the idea of streaming and TV sticks ever since the company originally demonstrated Halo 4 streaming from the cloud to Windows and Windows phones all the way back in 2013. So I think this is really awesome. They're obviously still working to put uh, uh, xCloud on a, on the web so it can be used on iOS and other devices. But it being on TVs would be super cool. As we talked about in the earlier story, consoles are super hard to get. Yeah. Having an app or a streaming stick that allows you to still play these exclusives and all these other games would be a godsend for some people who just, not for lack of trying, can't get these consoles. Yeah. So I, I really hope that these uh, this is true and that it comes in the next year, like you're saying. Because uh, I would like to to definitely have this if I have a cool TV or a, a, a monitor, I guess, if, if they do the streaming sticks, just plug it in the back and then have the games ready to go. I think that would be super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's kind of funny because my one of my friends, uh, Ian, he sent me this uh, over Twitter. And he's uh, he's he leans to be much more of a PlayStation fan uh, okay. than Xbox. So 
uh, he sent me this and said, oh, I hate this. And it's like, why do you, (laughs) why do you hate this? Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I had to explain to him. I was like, you have to understand from a perspective of them, they want as many people to enjoy and play games as possible that are out there. This, this streaming stick or this uh, TV app isn't necessarily designed for people like him or me, but it's designed for people who may not have access to a console or don't want to pay that big pr- uh, price for a console. Yeah, it's for the accessibility of so many other people that have never really been into games as much before and to get them in into the wider audience of gaming. And yeah, I think it's good for the industry in general. Um, I, again, it's probably nothing I would personally use. I've talked about xCloud on my phone before and it's cool technology and I, I think it's super interesting for on the go stuff, but something like this I would never personally use, but I can absolutely see the the very nice value that it brings to other people who don't get to experience these things. So. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I would totally use this. Mm-hmm. If I if this came out, I think I would yeah. absolutely be on top. I love the consoles. I love having the actual yeah. thing sit here with me. But if it's just like, even if it's something to hold me off until I get one, I would definitely pick it up and just to be able to play these games on a on a TV instead of my monitor or on my PC or my, my laptop, my gaming laptop on my small smaller screen, being able to play those games via my television, which is a, a lot bigger, yeah. would be would be nice. So and, even if it is, yeah. And the other thing you don't like you wouldn't have to worry about then is like, man, can my laptop run this? Or right, you know, exactly. you don't have to worry about that those constraints. So yeah, that's for for someone like you that you're like, man, I love the console ecosystem, but uh I, I don't I'm not able to get an a, a Xbox or I can't get one at this time. This is a perfect solution. Like yeah. I agree. And moving on to the next story. Metro Exodus next-gen version and Metro multiplayer question mark. This comes from Nebelian on Twitter, but it comes from 4A Games, of course. Um, but he, he writes, uh, Mex- Metro Exodus next-gen version is detailed and is coming in 2021, which is a, it uh, offers a free upgrade for the owners of the game. Faster frame rate, increased resolution, less loading times, and ray tracing. So all those lovely reflections are going to be cool. In this type of setting, definitely. I've seen a lot of the game. I haven't played it before, but it's very, like, it's it takes place in Russia, I know, and it's like yes. very wet and snowy. So I, I think that that game, that environment, will look very cool and benefit from these upgrades for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played it. I definitely want to dive into this i've since i was in high school there's my a buddy of mine who who's keeps telling me play these games just play them they're so good and i just never took them up on it i never tried them but i i know i should (laughs) and i and i want to so this is really cool um i'm glad that they are doing this another one of those companies that has embraced the free upgrade sort of model that a lot of people are doing and uh along with that they are uh, trying to decide if they're going to do a multiplayer experience for Metro that is separate from the single player experience, just something that to uh, to uh, to celebrate their game, I guess, and yeah. give uh, to their community uh, just a nice little multiplayer experience. So, what do you think about this? Uh, have you played Metro uh, before? Are you oh, yes. well, obviously you're telling me just saying how good it is. Yeah. Yes, I love Metro, and uh, I think I've talked about this. 
early on in this podcast, uh, probably like in the teens or whatever of this episode of this podcast, but I freaking love Metro <laughs> Roro. Uh, Metro Last Light was pro- one of my top five 360 generation games, 360 PS3 generation games. I love that game so much. The atmosphere is so good. The story is so good. I love it all. Um, but yeah, Exodus getting a free upgrade. That's absolutely amazing. I love that. I wish there was more games out there that would do the free upgrade. Uh, obviously we've talked about ones that don't, um, but looking at you control. Yes. Yeah. That, <laughs> ugh, that was the nastiest one of them all. Cause, Oh, it's not possible. Whoops. It oh, accidentally. It yeah. Yeah. Oh, Whoops. Yeah. But yeah, very, very excited for that. And uh, the multiplayer mode, I am very excited about that as well because, like, from the first moment of me playing Metro, I always thought of it like this would be such a cool, like, scavenger-type survival, uh, first-person survival experience, like, multiplayer-wise. Like, it's such a gritty game, and it's very different than other first-person shooters out there that I feel like this would be such a cool uh fit for a multiplayer game uh just the atmosphere and everything uh so i think that's super cool that they're finally looking into that and it's uh, i believe they were partnering with saber interactive who uh they actually helped with uh the master chief collection i believe they worked on halo ce and halo 2 uh master chief collection story um uh remaster not the not the multiplayer side which is interesting so they they don't really have a ton of experience that i know of i don't know the rest of their history um in terms of multiplayer so i don't know how that will go but um i'm definitely intrigued to kind of see more from that and see what that can turn into but that could be cool yeah definitely i'm Excited to see more. I hope I can get a chance to try out the Metro series before they bring out the multiplayer. Yep. Just give a dive into the series and see what it's really all about. Uh, I saw Saber Interactive did work on Halo as well. And they also worked on The Witcher as well a little bit. Oh. So I, I yeah, I, I didn't have, see... They might have helped Sorry? with the uh, console port for Witcher. Mm. I think Witcher 2 maybe because that was on 360. Um, okay. but CD project red wasn't a very good console developer back then. So oh, they probably, no. they probably got, probably, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you, I'm not sure what their multiplayer experience is, but I guess we shall see. I'm sure, um, uh, the, uh, the company for a, I guess, um, knows what they're doing and who they're choosing when they want to develop, a a new segment for the Metro Exodus series. But moving on to the next story, talking about IO Interactive. This is another two-in-one story. So the first part, new Hitman 3 location revealed is Chongqing, Chongqing, Mm -hmm. I think. I think that's a place in China, I'm pretty sure. Um, (laughs) This is also from Nebellion on Twitter. Um, And they have posted a bunch of beautiful screenshots from the game. It looks fantastic. And he writes, improved lighting and reflection, overhauled effects, water, etc. of course. Uh, improved animations, more NPCs on display, so a lot uh, more of a lived-in environment. 4K, 60 FPS, HDR on consoles. Hitman 1 and 2 will get the same enhancements as well. So awesome. Another upgrade as well for some older games. Um, and this environment looks really cool. I love uh, the neon lights uh, hitting the... 
the agent's face really well. It looks, it all looks fantastic. Next gen is, is just beautiful in general. <laughs> yeah. And another thing to add on to that is IO Interactive, couldn't think of a better studio to work on this, is working on a James Bond game. Yeah. And this is, I'm writing, reading from PC um, Gamer. IO Interactive has just internet, uh, just announced it's working on an untitled James Bond game, Project 007. The teaser video gives no information about the game, but it's a version of the classic gun chamber but it's a version of the classic gun chamber opening sequence from all the Bond movies. Uh, you can tell that one character is in the game, will wear gloves, and there will be bullets, but that's about it. Yeah, That's what they write there. Um, but they, uh, they did say, featuring a wholly original Bond story, players will step into the shoes of the world's first secret agent to earn their double O status in the very first James Bond origin story. So that's pretty much all that we know. Yeah. But fans are super excited because of the Hitman series and what IO has done for that. They think that IO can do a super good job on James Bond, and I, I, I would say I agree. That would be, I think it's a super good fit. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about these two IO stories? Yes. Uh, so, first to talk about uh, Hitman. So, <laughs> Hitman Two, when that came out, they did something very similar to what they're doing for Three. So, Hitman Two came out. And they included all of Hitman 1's D, uh, content and, and DLC. I think they had a couple of DLC maps or something. Uh, they took all of that content and imported it in, into the Hitman 2 engine when that game came out. And everything looked better and was, ran better and all of that. So now I'm very, very excited that they're taking all of that content, Hitman 1 and 2, and taking that into the Hitman 3 engine, and you're going to get all of, that in, all of that content in Hitman 3, which is just phenomenal deal. I love that. I love that they are uh, doing that. It, and it obviously, it, it doesn't take as much effort or resources, I guess, uh, for them to port those other two games in there but that's a lot more added value especially for someone who's never even played the first two games um and uh, the first two i say the first two games the first two games of the reboot uh right yeah hitman <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that i totally recommend people to pick this up now because i, I loved hitman one and two i had a ton of fun with them uh, and I've been very excited for three as well. IO, I think, is a very underrated developer. Uh, I don't understand why Square got rid of them, essentially, uh, whenever that that was like a year or so ago. Uh, I don't understand why they just threw them away, but uh, very excited that they're still doing very well independently. And as far as James Bond, I freaking love James Bond and... <laughs> Uh, there's so many James Bond games from back in the day that I loved, like uh, Nightfire on GameCube, I believe, uh, Everything or Nothing, uh, obviously GoldenEye. Uh, there's so many good James Bond movies, or I say movies, games. <laughs> uh, and this just sounds so good, like IO making a 007 origin story. Absolutely. I'm so excited and on board for this. The only thing I will say it, Roro is I hope that they don't do a copy and paste of Hitman. I don't want just, you know, James Bond to take the place of Agent 47 and like that's the game. I want them to actually build like have action sequences and car chases and yeah. romance cool and all set that. Pieces and, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. it, it just wouldn't feel like James Bond while james bond does many of the things that hit, that agent 47 does it i don't feel like the gameplay would necessarily translate as well as a 
James Bond game, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think it, it needs to be a little bit more cinematic, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, more story-driven, of course, as well. Um, yeah, I think it should be a little bit different, for sure. I just said, I, I think what everybody is so excited about is the James Bond aspect and that yes. what they've done with the double uh, Agent 47, I guess, is kind of, it just... It, you just can't not think of James Bond when you think of Hitman sometimes. So you're, it's like, finally, they're going into this this sort of uh, realm as with James Bond, finally. And I think people yeah. are just super excited. And it's and been... Including, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying including myself. But yeah, go ahead. It, it's just been so long since we've had a good James Bond game that I just want <laughs> something good. Like, yeah. I think the last one was a Daniel Craig Bond game, and it was not very good. Mm. Yeah, no. those movie tie-ins. Mm. It's hard to do yeah. those right, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, man. But moving on to the next story is uh, Fortnite monthly subscription. It's called Fortnite Crew. I'm reading from IGN. My, Matt Kim writes, Fortnite is starting up a monthly subscription service with the arrival of Chapter 2, Season 5, dubbed Fortnite Crew. Players can sign up for the $11.99 a month Sign up for $11.99 a month to gain unique perks and benefits beyond just purchasing the new Battle Pass every season. Fortnite will launch. Uh, Fortnite Crew will launch on December 2nd, the same day as Season 5. As a monthly subscription, the $11.99 cost will be recurring, but each month players will get a series of bonuses, including exclusives. Uh, the scrip- subscription members will get Battle Pass for the full season. Members will have access to the current season's Battle Pass, yes. 1,000 V-Bucks each month. And a monthly crew pack. Subscribers will get an exclusive Fortnite crew skin. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on how much you play the game or, or maybe how little you play the game. You need those to get the battle pass or, well, you get the battle pass with the subscription. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. Um, it's I'm sure skins are definitely super important to the Fortnite player. They love getting those new skins and stuff yeah. like that. So that's kind of the the only reason to get the battle pass and to get the the V-Bucks is to get those cool new skins and emotes and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. depending on the type of player you are, this could be a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's another monetization method for yeah. them to get you uh to pay some more money. Uh I wonder how many kids will do this like, "Mom, let's get monthly subscription for Fortnite plus everything else I buy on Fortnite." Yes. It's in- yeah, it's insane how much money they make, but more power to them if they uh if they get the money. This works. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I I I don't know. I'm definitely not going to do this, but I it's just yeah interesting to think about like you can get the battle pass pretty easily if you're if you play play enough yeah Yeah, they they're pretty generous with the the v bucks if you buy the season basically once and you play enough you can you don't need to buy it ever again so it's interesting to see how many people are going to adopt this uh or pick this up and pay 11.99 a month to get the battle pass if they're playing a lot, it's it's interesting to see the different reasons why people why people will pick this up because I think they are yeah. kind of more than one reason to pick it up. So and we I, shall see. I guess yeah. the other thing is they'll get free V bucks in that yeah. battle pass. Even so, more, yeah. yeah, if they're going to subscribe to this, they're probably also buying a bunch of skins as well. So mm. it's probably <laughs> it yeah. probably will be a wash for them, but I don't know. Moving on to the next story, Cuphead DLC has been delayed again 2021. 
So this is not too surprising, but a little bit sad still. We're coming close to the end of the year. I'm not sure if anybody was kind of shocked by this. Yeah. Um, but Cuphead, the delicious last course, was uh, last said to be planned for 2020. And now, however, studio MDHR announced that the new content has been pushed back to 2021. The developer pointed that to the coronavirus pandemic as one of the main reasons why the extra time was needed. Um, they said, in true Studio MDHR fashion, we aren't content for this final chapter to be anything less than our best work. Uh, throughout development, we've challenged ourselves to put everything we've learned uh, from making Cuphead into a quality, into the quality of the delicious last course. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we've challenged ourselves to put everything we've learned from making Cuphead, okay, there we go, into the quality of the delicious last course's animation, design, and music. So everything that they've learned from Cuphead, they want to put into the new DLC. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Definitely. Still a bummer because it was supposed to come out in 2019 for Cuphead. And then yeah. it got delayed to 2020. And then now to 2021, I'm sure yeah. they are by far the most disappointed out of everybody. But it's definitely sad to see that. Um, I'm sure it's a completely different team that's working on the Netflix series. But they've also got that up their sleeve as well. Yeah. Um, so they've got a lot of stuff going on. Coronavirus is not helping. So this is kind of a kind of a sad one. Yeah. Uh, Sean's probably at his Thanksgiving Eve dinner right now crying <laughs> about this new story. Uh, yeah, it's not surprising. I don't think so either. Um, but uh, it is probably I mean, it's a hand drawn experience and it just takes so much effort from them to get this content out. I, I would, I couldn't even imagine how much work it takes for them to hand draw yeah. all of those animations and everything. So more power to them, give them the time they need. And uh, I'm sure it'll be fantastic when it comes out at the end of the day and, and people will be very excited for it. Cause uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that have been dying for new Cuphead DLC. So Definitely. Yeah, and that, like you were saying, that hand-drawn animation does take a lot of time. I'm not sure. Yeah. Depending on, I mean, based on what they said, they're going for uh, quality and doing their putting their best foot forward. But a part of me wonders, like, are they going to be reusing animation first game? Part of me thinks not, and they're going completely like fresh and ground up, sort of for for what they can. Obviously, it's a DLC, but. It, it'll be interesting to see when this this game finally comes out because, as you said, people are super excited, frothing at the mouth for more DLC for Cuphead because the first game was just so, so beloved and it was so beautiful. Yes. Um, but moving on to the next story, another kind of coronavirus uh, news. Square Enix shifts all eligible staff to permanent remote working, uh, remote working, so working from home. This is from Games Industry. Square Enix announced its intention to make remote working permanent for its, some of its staff from December 1st, 2020. So in a couple of days, in a yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, by doing so, the Japanese company said it's hoping to create a flexible and diverse working environment, all while boosting productivity and improving the employee's work-life balance. Uh, the initiative called Work From Home Program, wow, okay, is set to combine what Square Enix called home base. Uh, remote working at least three days a week and office-based uh, three days at the office um, models. So they're combining those together. Uh, each member of the staff will be assigned one of these two models and will be able to shift uh, from each, or will be able to shift from one to the other 
uh, on a monthly basis. So if you have office based, so you're working three days a week at the office, at the end of the month, you could change it to working three days at home instead. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I thought that story was interesting. And of course, with COVID, there's some new norms that the industry is trying to adopt, as we saw with, I guess, the previous story, Cubhead, everybody's going to kind of be working from home as well. And yeah. the delay had to do with this crazy pandemic. Mm. So it's it's cool to see the uh, industry kind of adapt to it and just try their best to work around it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this affects their upcoming games or their Avengers and stuff like that. But hopefully yeah. they are able to adapt quickly and just keep it keep it going. Yeah. And I think we've seen uh, thus far that obviously COVID does have an impact on uh, the game's release dates with all these games that have been pushed out into 2021. Uh, it does cause a little bit more work, you know, it, it, it causes more of a constraint on your work when you're trying to work remotely as opposed to actually being there. So uh, I think we saw that with Microsoft Studios with 343 specifically. Uh, they've all of Microsoft has been working from home since March. So uh, that obviously had a huge impact on Halo Infinite. And that's why Halo Infinite's 2021. So, yeah, it, it definitely... Um, Hopefully they can kind of uh, figure it out pretty quickly uh, and uh, optimize them working from home as best they can. I, obviously, that's difficult situation, but yeah, I think hopefully over time they'll just get better at doing it. And if we don't have to stay in this lockdown for long, maybe that will bring them back as well. Definitely. Definitely. Speaking of Square Enix, Bishop is coming December 8th to Avengers. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> She's coming this year. Yay! <laughs> Kate Bishop, the world-class archer and adept swordsman, oh, who is Clint Burton's protege, is coming to Marvel's Avengers on December 8th. Fans of Crystal Dynamics um, game uh, can look forward to playing... The, I lost my, my line there. Can look forward to playing as the carrier of Hawkeye's mantle at no additional cost. She is the game's first DLC superhero and will kick off its new post-launch uh, content. Uh, so this is awesome. This is super great. I saw the uh, little... Um, earlier, uh, I think last or late last week or early this week i don't remember time is weird yeah. <laughs> i don't remember what had happened but um yeah it, they announced uh kate bishop they announced a little bit of clint's story as well coming soon after or maybe not soon after but after yeah. <laughs> kate bishop's uh dlc clint will be next and we'll have the rest is a mystery but more characters are to come as well uh more than likely spider-man and black panther and or some people think ant-man is next there was a little bit of a People think as a tease. I didn't think it was that. But at the end yeah. of the war table, they zoomed in on the cup and the cup made a slurping sound. And they're thinking like, oh, that was Ant-Man slurping from the cup because nobody was there to slurp from it. No one could be. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I could I could be it. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. on top of this news, um, apparently Avengers has not made back its its cost yet, like its cost of development. Mm. Apparently, um, the game costs around 170 million to 190 million to make but only sold about 3 million so that's not good but uh 3 million copies i'm assuming or? 3 million copies yes okay. yeah 3 million copies yeah okay so i'm not too sure how much it made hmm. 
I guess. But yeah. apparently, according to reports, it hasn't made back its development uh, cost yet, which is yeah. unfortunate. But what do you think about Kate Bishop coming? Do you, are you yeah. going to try Avengers ever? Uh, <laughs> I think it, uh, I've well uh, voiced my opinion on being upset about the exclusivity with yes. Marvel's right. Avengers. Right. However, I, did, I have said that when this game goes on sale, I will pick it up. It's just a matter of what sale price because I hovered, <laughs> I hovered over it the this week because Xbox has it on sale for thirty dollars, I believe, and I was like, hmm, should I do it? But then I'm like, man, Daniel, think about all the games you have to play right now. Let's not do it. So I was, I was gonna say it is on sale. Yes, it is on sale, but not right. not the right price yet. Not the right price. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> Honestly, if I didn't have anything to play right now, I would get it at $30 um, because, like, you know, it, I did have fun with that demo. It's just I have so much to play right now. I have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have Halo the Master Chief Collection just released Halo 4, so a whole bunch of new content came out. I'm trying to grind to get that uh, season of content right now. Uh Obviously, PlayStation games just came out. Miles Morales, I want to go back to and complete that, like all of the side missions and everything. I want to play Spider-Man Remastered. I want to do New Game Plus on there. Uh, so I have so much to play. It's just like I don't have time right now. That's the yeah. biggest thing. So, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for Kate Bishop and uh, and see what Hawkeye's daughter can can bring us for Marvel's Avengers. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still think the campaign for Marvel's Avengers was super. I loved, uh, Kamala Khan and all that stuff. It's just the end game multiplayer stuff that makes it super hard for me to recommend the game because that's what you have to do once you beat the campaign. That's yeah. what's left of the game to play. So this Kate Bishop stuff and the, the other characters to come is super great because essentially it's more story stuff. It's more campaign stuff. Hopefully... I don't imagine it'll be as cinematic as the the vanilla campaign, but right. it's exciting to get more story stuff in this game because I feel like the end game stuff is something completely different and not good mm. compared to what the campaign was. Unfortunately, does the I end, hope they yeah. does the end game mm. content uh, is that does that have like story stuff in it or no? It it does, but it's it's like it's like I don't want to say it's like Destiny stuff, but it's like. It's missions that you run over and over and it's not, there's no cutscenes. It's just like people talking over the comms, like in destiny where you would hear the voices over your ghost feed and stuff like that. So it's, it's like that, but unlike the actual campaign where there's cutscenes and there's a little bit more dialogue between the characters and you're switching between them a little bit more. The end game is like you're, you main a character and you play these missions over and over. So you can play the harder missions and get new gear and, it's it's that would be good if it was fun to play because that's what essentially destiny is i guess yeah but it's just yeah the the multiplayer doesn't work very well matchmaking with people is super tough um what made the campaign fun the fighting is it's just not the same in endgame because the 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 enemies you fight are just like bullet sponges and when you punch them they don't really react and when you're doing your combos, you, you can't really do any of the fun stuff that you did in the in the in the campaign. Like when you're doing the combos and stuff like that, you can start a combo, but the the enemies just like cut you off. They're just so tanky that it's not fun to fun, fun to do those combos. You can't even do them, honestly. 
but enough about the adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, moving on to things that we're playing, I am not playing the Avengers. <laughs> um, I am playing Destiny, and a lot of it. The raid came out recently, uh, last on Saturday actually. Last week Saturday came out, so I was working when the raid came out, but. Um, I did watch a lot of people play it. So uh, it was the world's first raid, which they do every time there's a new raid, people compete for to be the first to comp- to beat it. I don't know who it was this year, but I watched, uh, I think their clan name is My Dad is Bungie. And their- Your dad is, they, my dad is my, Bungie? My dad is Bungie, yes. <laughs> Is their clan name, but their team cons- consists of a streamer named team Re- T-Rex, Gathalian, um, Cheriona, I think, is another streamer. And there's a couple of other guys, Gunny, Fitzy, and Rebelize, I think. So there's a couple of guys in there, and they did this. They did an awesome stream. They were fantastic. They didn't. They weren't the first to beat it, but those are the guys that I usually watch when it comes to Destiny stuff. And it was super fun to watch. I hope I will be able to attempt the raid soon. Apparently, it's not as difficult as other raids have been, so that's good to hear. That, is that it won't be too... Yeah, it's a pretty uh, accessible... Uh, quick to understand, I guess. So that's good. So it's it's still challenging, but not intimidating, I guess. So that's that's good. Um, so I've been playing that. There's been some new exotic quests for a, a chainsaw sword. So <laughs> so cool. Uh, so I'm I'm still working on that. So hopefully by the end of this week, I'll be able to tell you guys how good the chainsaw sword is. So I've been playing Destiny. Nice. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, when when is crossplay coming? When is crossplay? I don't know. Bungie, <laughs> yeah. <tell me. laughs> when crossplay comes, maybe we can play raids together. But definitely, course, yes. Not. We have to wait until that that yeah. day comes. My oh, my man. first problem would be getting my light high enough to be able to do <laughs> <Right>. the raids. Because <laughs> uh, I think I'm. What am I at? I think I'm like at a twelve oh six or something. Twelve oh six is good. Is yeah, it? you're not too far away. I think so. Oh, twelve oh six. Okay. I think twelve twelve fifty is the hard cap right yeah. now. So yeah, I think that's pretty good. Not too a little bit more grinding, obviously, but yeah. yeah. The and the end is always the worst part of your <laughs> your light grind because it always yeah, goes to like, a screeching halt. Yes, it's like like plus one. Yeah. And then, yeah it's it's a rough rough <laughs> rough uh road ahead yeah uh roro i have only been playing the master chief collection this week <laughs> and i know the audience is so surprised by that but uh the reason is is because there's a seasonal challenge in halo 3 recon slayer okay Halo 4 just came out on PC, so they had the update, of course, on console as well with all the new challenges, all the new skins, and all the new stuff that they added. And, of course, they made a seasonal challenge that ended on Tuesday, so yesterday, and you had to get rank 20 in Halo 3 Recon Slayer. Roro, let me just tell you, my God, I never want to play Halo 3 Recon Slayer ever again <laughs> because the ranking system in Master Chief Collection is taken from Halo. It's it's derived similarly to Halo 2, uh, which Halo 2 is historically known as a very difficult ranking system to rank up in. Like, you rank up... Uh, like one time every like three wins and then if you lose one you lose a rank almost instantly so oh, yeah oh Jeez. it <laughs> sucked 
but I got it done. I got my weapon skin and now I've moved on to other challenges on MCC, but man, oh, that grind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like God. talking about a grind in Destiny, that was a <laughs> that was a grind. Especially trying to do it solo because solo queuing is the worst in ranked because you never know who you're going to get. You could get Joe Schmo out there who doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Um, <laughs> so then I finally ended up just piecing together a team from each match. Like I would get the top people because I would always be at the top on one team and I get the uh, top guy on the other team and I pieced together a team and we ended up winning like seven in a row that got me my final stretch to the level 20. So. That's my story. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it looks like both of us are playing our comfort games. Yes. I'm playing Destiny. You're playing Halo. Yes. So nothing too exciting for the listeners, but no. we love those games. We love those games. Yes, we do. <laughs> so moving on to the topic of the show, which is another kind of, well, it's, it's good and bad. We got mm. some cool information, and we got some information that we don't need to have as yeah. well i guess some people's information uh was leaked so we're going to talk, be talking about capcom's big massive leak so i'm reading from ign uh matt kim again mm-hmm. uh the fallout from a massive data breach at capcom continues as more games and online a purported screenshot from the leaks shows a capcom development schedule for the next four years and ign believes at least portions of the list of this list to be legitimate, including listings for Dragon's Dogma 2 and Street Fighter 6. Earlier this week, Capcom confirmed it was victim to a customized ransom hack, ransomware hack sorry, uh, that led to unauthorized access to its network. Capcom says corporate employee and customer information may have been compromised by the attack. Subsequently, materials from those leaks have been released onto the internet. While unable to verify them all, sources close to Capcom have told IGN that many are genuine. So that's not good. Kind of reminds me of the E3 thing that happened. Uh, was it 2019? I guess it wouldn't have been this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when <laughs> when um, people's information got released because mm-hmm. of uh, hack, not exactly like this, but similar, yeah. where people's addresses and stuff were released onto the internet for people to view, which was which is never good. Yeah. But um, I guess. The good news from this is that we we get a pretty cool list of what Capcom might be working on. Yeah. So there's a list of uh, a lot of games here, uh, some of which are, well, I'm going to read the whole list. Resident Evil Outrage is one of them. Dragon Dogma 2, Street Fighter 6, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. Rockman, but Mega Man in North America. So it's called Mega Man Match. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Ooh, Master, uh, Monster Hunter 6. Uh, Biohazard, which I believe is Resident Evil, actually. Isn't Biohazard? Yeah, Biohazard is what they call it in Japan. So Resident Evil Apocalypse. uh, SSF6. That must be a code name for something. Uh, Final Fight Remake. Oh, no, no, it's not. I I thought thought it was Street Street Fighter 2. But it's on the other side. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Final Fight Remake. Power Stone Remake. Ultra Ultra Street Fighter 6. And uh, Resident Evil... Hank, likely hunk, says that's what they say. But so that's a pretty chunky list of what Capcom has down the pipeline. Um, does any of that 
speak to you? Are you excited for any of those things on the list? Oh, uh, yes. There? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm very excited. I have no idea what that SSF6. I'm yeah, very confused by that. I just did a quick Google search because I was like, what is that? But I have no idea what yeah. that is. Uh, I'm sure it's something obvious, and, I, and we're both just like, yeah, oh, yeah, not, what is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Resident Evil Outrage. That one's kind of interesting because... Uh, that says quarter four fiscal year 2021, which is very interesting because we know obviously that village is coming out next year. So you almost wonder if outrage is some kind of uh, multiplayer type of experience, yes. kind of like similar to that. Yeah. 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 Resident Evil. I can't even remember the name, but that was the one that was included with Resident Evil three remake. Uh, I, yeah, I've read Resident Evil Retribution. No, that's not right. I don't know. Whatever that resistance resistance. Yes. Yes. So maybe, maybe that's a sequel to that. I don't know. Um, but that's interesting. Um, Resident Evil four remake though, Roro fiscal year, 2022. That makes sense because if village is coming next year, then the next big, title from them i guess would be uh resident evil 4 remake uh and they would kind of keep consistent to what they've been doing with resident evil lately and my god i I would love a resident evil 4 remake i love that game absolutely phenomenal uh shinji mikami freaking that man is a mastermind uh hopefully tango gameworks makes evil within three please uh (laughs) but uh yeah, uh, those two kind of stood out the most to me. Uh, I'm not a huge Street Fighter person, so um, I, I don't think that would necessarily entice me. Um, Resident Evil Hunk, who the heck knows what that is, but it's 2024, <laughs> so that's probably yeah, a sequel to Village, I would assume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here. And I also just realized there's also Ultra SF6. So I have yeah. no idea what all these SSF6, Ultra SF6. I'd... Wait a minute. So Super oh, Street Fighter Yes, that's what it has to be. Okay. Yes. Okay. We figured it out. We figured it out. Here we go. Here we go. The Ultra helped a little bit there. Yeah. The dates. Um, the dates make sense now. The d- dates as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah street fighter 6 i i'm i mean i'm not a big super a street fighter uh player or fighting game player in general but i know how kind of lukewarm the reception was for street fighter 5 when it came out and it not having a lot of characters and then exclusive yeah the exclusive stuff the ads that they were playing in it very reminiscent of 2k and activision sort of stuff that they would play between matches they would have like, these weird little advertisements as, as well which turned a lot of players off as well so i'm just hoping that they kind of improve upon that because in this whole street fighter 5 they have had like ultra street fighter 5 um packages i think i think they've had they've made other packages from, uh, outside of the base game where they should be improving on those sort of things but it doesn't seem like they do they just add more characters yeah um, that you have to pay for so hopefully they have a more um a bigger ex- a better a better experience with street fighter 6 more characters less ads just i'm sh- something a little bit more classic that uh fans are hoping for because i know they didn't like the style even that i've i've seen they didn't like the more realistic 
I don't know. I don't know what they what they didn't like about the style, but I, besides that, I know the characters that they they didn't like that and the ads and stuff. So hopefully, they do right by the fans with this one. I'm kind of worried because they already have other Street Fighter sixes <laughs> down the pipeline. Yeah. So it could be kind of just repeating what they did with Street Fighter Five, release 15 characters, and then in Super Street Fighter Six they add two more, and then six they add two more again and make players play for that but um besides those i am excited for resident evil i mean and monster hunter 6 because i really liked monster hunter world i'm excited for rises when it comes out on switch so more monster hunter for sure i'm super hyped for and that comes out 2023 so still got a little ways to go but um it's again it's it's not super good that this happened but it's cool to to yeah. see a little behind the curtain scene yeah. uh, for these guys yeah to see what they were working on i think that this is probably like one of the biggest like single dumps of <laughs> games that we've ever gotten before like this is insane and yes like you said it's awful what happened in terms of like employee information and social security numbers and all of that information being out there that's definitely something that should not be overlooked that's not a good situation at all and the way that capcom has responded has not been good either i've seen um, that that's what they're saying here in the article too um says it will lauren and in the united states still gauging uh the overall damage caused by the attack capcom also reassured customers that online services websites and games are safe to access however former capcom employees have expressed frustration with the company to ign about how they handled the fallout to their personal lives and information. So apparently Capcom is not doing it too too good by their employees yeah. about all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's ugh, that's not the way to do it, Capcom. You got to <laughs> you got to treat your employees better than that. Uh Yeah. One 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 game on here that it's like a sleeper to me. Dragon's Dogma 2 cuz I've always heard a lot of people say good things about the first Dragon's Dogma, but I never played it. Uh in possibly if they do something like you know on a bigger scale for that game that sounds like it could be something up my alley i just kind of have to see it and see what that looks like i guess definitely but. yeah uh besides this uh, besides how, how capcom apparently has been treating their employees they've been doing really well in the gaming space like with how they're selling games with resident evil of course and monster hunter being one of their biggest as well they've been on a kind of a uh, revival. They've been doing really good uh, recently with uh, with their games. So hopefully these 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 games are going to be just a continuation of that because we are the ones who benefit from that. We get some super cool games. So hopefully this just continues that. It's it, I'm interested to see what the Mega Man game is uh, mm. actually. Um, sounds Mega Man Match sounds kind of kind of weird. Sort yeah. of like a spinoff instead of like a another numbered numbered game, but. That'll yeah. be interesting to see what that, that is. You know what it is, Roro? It's a matching game on your iPhone. <laughs> it's a, Capcom is diving into the mobile space with yeah. Mega Man. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I hope not. But yeah. I, that's definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, is there anything else? Uh, Either this story, another story out there. I don't think so. I think that uh, that pretty much covers it. All right. Well, everyone out there, thank you for watching uh, today. Um, Daniel, I actually, guess what I, I didn't do? What I do didn't you? write the, the, the outro here. Oh, so I no. Don't, 
I didn't write it on my my thing, but I'll do the best I can, and you can just fill in uh, anything that I miss. Thank you, everyone, for watching. You guys can tune in here on Wednesday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Catch us live, and you can find us on podcast services everywhere on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I hope I'm getting all these right. That's close Uh, enough. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you can find us all there. And until next time, guys, we'll be back next time, uh, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And until next time, later, but we'll be greater. Much love.